The scripture this morning is Mark 12, 28 to 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Almighty God, we want to love you with all our hearts, understanding, and strength. Show us how to cherish our neighbors as ourselves, as this embodies the most profound essence of faith and humanity. In Christ's name, amen. It's a beautiful day to serve the Lord. We'll serve him together in one accord. It'll be fun to serve him as one. Our community comes together for good. We'll serve throughout the neighborhood. It'll be grand to serve hand in hand. We'll always come together to be just and true. We'll always show his love for everyone, me and you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day by serving God in every way. Come sing along, we'll lift up our song to love and serve our neighbor. Come sing along, we'll lift up our song to love and serve our neighbor. Amen. So good morning and hello neighbors, neighbors who are here on site today as well as those neighbors who are joining us online. We are so glad that you are here and it is so good to see you. In our new sermon series, Neighborly, we are focusing on the biblical themes of patience and love, kindness, forgiveness and acceptance, drawing inspiration from Jesus and even a little inspiration from Mr. Rogers. So you are invited to follow along as we dig into God's word today. The page number for our pew Bibles is listed on the screen, but you are always welcome to bring your own personal Bible or to follow along using a Bible app on your mobile devices. Would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word, open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst, and open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Cow cuddling is a thing. Let me say that again. Cow cuddling is a thing. 
For several years in upstate New York, Mountain Horse Farm has been offering a very unique experience that can give farm and animal lovers an opportunity to bring relaxation, healing, and comfort, as well as to help with overcoming fear, building confidence, and allowing you to be playful. Apparently, cows are good cuddle buddies because of their sensitive and intuitive nature. In addition, their body temperature is slightly higher than ours, and their heart rate is slightly lower than ours. A 90-minute session costs about $300 for two people, and this allows you to pet the cows, brush them, play with them, and of course, cuddle with them. Honestly, in the middle of the Midwest, cow cuddling seems to be a lot less expensive, right? We're going to spend a few moments though today uh, thinking about God's all-encompassing and unconditional love. And the truth is that there are a lot of people who would, might do some crazy things for love. So today we want to spend a few moments defining love, exploring what Jesus said about loving God and loving neighbor, as well as reflecting on the ways that we can be more neighborly. Now, simply defined, love is an intense feeling of deep affection. You and I might say, I love pizza. We might say, I love my pet. Or we might say, I love you. And in our language, love is the same word, right? But we know that there's a difference between loving pizza and loving people. It's about our relationship and our connection with those things that makes a difference. Now, while speaking love in English may be complicated and confusing, the Greeks all had four words to describe love. Easy for me to say. Storge is a love of family. Philia is a love for friends. Think about Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, eros is that romantic expression of love. There's plenty of songs to describe this. And then agape. Agape is that divine, unconditional love. The kind of love that we are to strive for in our relationships, though, is agape love. And trust me, it's far better than cow cuddling. But remember that love is a virtue. And we heard about the fruits of the Spirit last week, and love is the first one that is named, noting its importance. As a virtue, love is demonstrated through genuine concern for others and unselfishly sharing acts of compassion and caring. Now, we're going to get back to agape love in a few moments, but for now, as we remember and claim that love is a virtue, it's based on the greatest commandments in the Bible and the ones that gospel passage in Mark reveals today. We know that all Jesus wanted to do was to emphasize God's love with the religious leaders, with the disciples, and with the crowds of people. In fact, Jesus wanted to communicate God's love with everyone that he encountered. Through the Gospels, however, we know that Jesus found himself in conflict from time to time with the religious leaders of the day. Those Pharisees, the Sadducees, as well as the teachers of the law, including the scribes. Yet in our passage, this particular scribe 
was not seeking to test Jesus or to argue with him. From the very beginning, his tone doesn't feel threatening, nor does it feel justifying. It seems as, as though he truly appreciates the responses that Jesus has to questions. And he wants to seek more clarification. After all, there may have been ten commandments given to the Lord, or from the Lord God to Moses. But there were actually 613 recognized laws by the Jews. So which of those was the most important? Jesus goes back to the beginning of the covenant, doesn't he? He quotes Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. And Jesus echoes, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Their love needed to be with their whole selves. They were not supposed to love half-heartedly. And then Jesus quotes Leviticus 19, 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. They were to love their neighbor as they loved themselves and to treat their neighbors with the kind of acceptance and respect that they expected. Jesus then emphasizes that there is no commandment no commandment that is greater than these. These commandments provide the foundation. These are the best, the most important, the goat, the greatest of all time. And this particular scribe really knew his stuff. He knew that these commandments were even more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. The prophets themselves emphasized this. Hosea revealed that God desired mercy, not sacrifices. Micah asked if the Lord would be pleased with thousands of rams and thousands of rivers of olive oil. And says that what the Lord requires is this. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Jewish tradition was steeped in this understanding of offering sacrifices. And yet things were changing in their culture, moving from temple worship, where those sacrifices were required, to synagogue worship. The new covenant was about to emerge, and they didn't even know it yet. This guy, this scribe, though, had gotten the memo, he had seen the preview. And it was loud and clear. In fact, Jesus recognizes that this particular scribe was indeed, he had indeed answered wisely and says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And at the conclusion of our focus passage, the text reveals to us, and from that time on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. <laughs> For the Gospel of Mark, this is a very significant story. In fact, we could say that it was a pivot point. A place where, where Jesus and the religious leaders were on the same page. A place where they actually agreed. This was a place of hope for those that would eventually come to understand Jesus' words and the kingdom that he initiated. The truth is that God's kingdom is a kingdom that is built on love more than the law. 
In the old covenant, the focus was on the letter of the law, to love God and don't forget about your neighbor. In the new covenant, Jesus emphasizes the spirit of the law, that to love God influences, inspires, and connects with the love your neighbor part, something that God's people had forgotten over and over again. So when Jesus emphasized the love of God and love of neighbor, he wanted God's people to know that everything else must hinge from that place of this unconditional agape kind of love. The Apostle Paul described this unconditional love in the first letter to the Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. And Paul continues, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. This kingdom that Jesus was ushering into the world invited people to remember that the greatest of these was truly love. And in this love, God's people were then invited to worship and to love God and to love one another in a new way. So let's break this down. For us today, to love God means that we are to love with our whole being. Again, we cannot do this half-heartedly. And our love is lived out in our worship, in praise and in prayer, in word and in song. Worship truly brings out the love God in us, doesn't it? Especially when we claim that we are deeply loved and created in God's image. So don't be shy. I want you to turn to one of your neighbors, and I want you to say, you are deeply loved. Do it. And I want you to turn to another neighbor, and I want you to say, you are created in God's image. I wonder how many people needed this reminder today, right? Because sometimes we feel like we are so unworthy, undeserving of, of this God love. So we need to be reminded of this. Jesus was reminding God's people that they were deeply loved, that they were created in God's image. And with, a, with that is a reminder that when we pray and worship, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we should really mean it. We're going to pray that in a few moments. But we need to dedicate ourselves to bringing a little more heaven to this broken world. Jesus invites us into God's kingdom work, which is now within our reach. But to, to love neighbor is also multidimensional. To love neighbor as yourself does not mean loving your neighbor instead of yourself, but showing to all people the same respect and care that you show yourselves. 
When we look at our neighbor, we remember that they too are deeply loved and created in God's image. And maybe they need to be reminded of that from time to time. We are going to get into the whole who is my neighbor thing next week. Yet the ability to love your neighbor as yourself also has kingdom implications. If we truly love our neighbors, then God's kingdom work again is now within our reach. When we think about those modern prophets and teachers who demonstrated God's agape love, of course we think about people like Mr. Rogers. He had a lot to say on the subject of love, including this, and I quote, Love isn't a state of perfect caring. It is an active noun-like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now. I have a story, right? My story has some good, it has some bad, and it even has some ugly pieces and parts. (laughs) But my story has shaped my understanding of what it means to love God and to love neighbor. And your story, your story has shaped your understanding of what it means to love God and to love neighbor. And the most amazing thing is, is that that we can all meet and we can sit at the table together and we can share with one another, learning from one another and demonstrating the kind of kingdom love that Jesus emphasized. In fact, Mr. Rogers believed that listening is where love begins. Do I need to repeat that? (laughs) Listening is where love begins. Listening to ourselves and then listening to our neighbors. In fact, Fred Rogers believed without a doubt that the greatest thing that we can do is to let someone know that they are loved, but also remind them that they are capable of loving. Now, of course, when we're thinking about loving neighbor, we maybe think about loving family, loving friends, and even loving those who are hard to love in our lives, and maybe even our actual, literal neighbors. And this isn't always easy, is it? No. As you and I might struggle with this, please remember that that we are never going to meet someone in this world that God doesn't love and that Jesus didn't love and die for. Amen? You know, there was also a little bit of trivia about Mr. Rogers that intrigued me. The number 143 was very special to him. This was the weight that he maintained throughout his adult life. (laughs) But most importantly, he wanted a subtle way to say, I love you, to his viewers. So 143 would appear in different spaces and places on his television show. One is for one letter I, four for four letters in love, and three for the three letters in you. Ironically, when I was watching the documentary on Fred Rogers' life and they shared this fact, I was moved to tears. For 35 years of dating and marriage, 
143 is the code that Clint and I have used to share our love with each other, especially in public. I had no idea where we got it, but now I realize that this subtle gesture certainly influences children. And I know my husband's going to be watching this later, and I don't know which service he's going to watch, so... You know, Mr. Rogers was asked if he could have one more time to address his television neighbors. What would he share as the most important lesson? And he said this. It's long, but bear with me. I would want those who were listening somehow to know that they had unique value. That there isn't anybody in the whole world exactly like them. And that there never has been and there never will be and that they are loved by the person who created them in a unique way, if they could know that and really know it and have that behind their eyes, they could look with those eyes on their neighbor and realize my neighbor has unique value too. There's never been anybody in the whole world like my neighbor, and there never will be. If they could value that person, if they could love that person, in ways that know that the eternal loves us, then I would be very grateful. Fred Rogers chose to reflect God's love in the world in all the ways that he was able. He truly lived out what Jesus said about the greatest of all time, to love God and to love neighbor. Each of us has the opportunity to be more neighborly in our lives and, and to really remember what it means to love. Of course, to feel some love, you could try some cow cuddling. <laughs> but this really is less expensive and probably more fulfilling. Love God. Love neighbor. So be it. Amen. Right now, friends, we have a lot of people that we know in our church family who are hurting, who are grieving. And so we want to spend some moments in prayer today. So I invite you to get comfortable as we join together in prayer. Gracious God, we know that you love us. But sometimes, God, we don't know why. We are not perfect. We fail miserably. Our tongues get tied and we say the wrong thing. And God, if you knew some of the people in our lives that are hard to love, oof, you would know that this love your neighbor thing is so very difficult. But God, you've called us to remember this greatest commandment and to live it out in all the ways that we are able. So inspire us, God. Give us strength. And God, we especially lift up today those who are hurting for those who've been holding vigil with their loved ones, for those who face tragedies in their lives, 
for those who've already said their see you laters and for those whose tears have been their food. We lift up those who are facing transitions and new opportunities in their lives. We pray for those who are recovering from surgery and procedures. We pray for those with loved ones who are battling cancer and debilitating diseases, God. And we lift up those who are feeling lost and in need of God's grace. God, we are thankful for your love. Help us to translate that into our own language each and every day. And God, all of this we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.